name is Bear Siragusa, and you are listening to the Hunting Hound Podcast presented by W Hunting Supply. always appreciate when you pop up and it's always fun to talk to you. Thanks. I, I appreciate the offer and I figured our, our one listener might enjoy it again. And it's just cleaving your wife. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or my wife never listens to this stuff. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't think she's listened to a single podcast I've ever done. She's like, that's nice, honey. She's wonderfully supportive, like make sure the kids and the dogs are quiet while I'm doing these things. So don't don't want to make it seem like she's not supportive, but she could care less. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a minute since we talked the last time. I think last time we talked about old dogs. Yeah, that has been a little bit. That would have been That's been a little while. Yeah, there's been a lot that's happened in between. Now and then, for both of us, that's for sure. Yeah, it's because that would have been like November. Yeah, I think so. You've had, um, you had like the worst day a houndsman could possibly ever have. And I've had the worst day that a husband I think could ever possibly have. So (laughs) 2023 can suck it. Yeah. Is basically how I feel about that. <laughs> at this point I'd say we could just like row the boat but our oars were leaking at this point honestly. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's that's right. It's like what what oars? Yeah. It's um Do you just yeah. want to take the oars and like club each other on the count of 3 and just be done with it? On the or? count of 3 just put each put each other out of our misery. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been uh it's been a bunch that's bunch going on, so it's been uh, it's good to get back and sit down and talk some hounds. It's makes things a little simpler, I think. On the one hand, simple on the one hand, on the other hand, super duper complicated. Yeah, pretty much. Especially yeah. if you tend to overthink things like I do. Oh, like you and me both. But yeah, what we were thinking of talking about today was. Um, pack dynamics because that is uh that's something that you and i have both thought a lot about and something i definitely had to think about constantly with my with my huskies it's a little bit different for me here than i was in a similar situation to what you're in with you know 19 20 35 dogs running around all together um at certain points and that required a level of vigilance and a, a level of you had to read these problems before you had to sort of read the dynamic to the point where you could avoid problems before they happen because when it when the shit first hit the fan excuse my french it 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 was bad like the huskies you know i i had an 18 dog fight in my dog yard one time And, you know, I had remarkably well behaved dogs. I mean, I was fighting was something I just couldn't, I had no tolerance for, but you know, every two or three years, 
I'd miss something or would my focus would be somewhere else or I'd be trying to get some dog off of some other, off of some female. And just the whole thing would explode in my face. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough road to hoe. Keeping the dogs sort of behaving themselves. Yeah, for sure. It's, and it's always changing. You've always got old dogs aging out and new dogs coming in and like, or cause I'm a bleeding heart and I picked up this dog that got dumped and he's a hound and he got dumped down the road from my house. And so I spent five days trying to catch him. It's negative temps. He ended up curled up in a haystack and I, I grabbed him and he can be, you know, sometimes things that cause aggression aren't aggression. Him not mm. being in a dog yard environment can get a little overstimulated and want mm. to mount other dogs some. That's not always a dominance thing. It's not an aggression thing. Sometimes they're just like, I'm super amped up and I don't know what to do. And so I'm just going to do this. And, and that can cause some problems. So he's, <laughs> he's learning and catching on. And I got a, we got a bunch of young males right now and males kind of coming of age and females mm. coming in heat. And it's just, life is too short to deal with stupidity much I, I i do enough dumb crap on my own i don't need a bunch of other dogs doing it too <laughs> <laughs> right now I, I but it's hard to avoid like it can be you know you can have it's it's as you say you sort of work really hard and work you know you get to this point where you've got a good pack dynamic and you know suddenly somebody gets injured or an old dog it kind of ages out of their alpha role or or whatever cuz that was the funny thing is that i always had when i was in the kennel i always had the the they always looked to me which i always appreciated but that didn't mean that there was not an alpha dog there you know it, it wasn't like well they all knew i was the alpha maybe maybe they did but it was not something that I wailed into them. It was something that just, you know, I was, I was on them when they weren't behaving, which so I, you know, especially as you raise them from pups, I think they kind of just naturally take their cues, social cues from you. But, um, you know, it's, it's tough when you have those, those changes in the pack dynamic. And I mean, like we, we talked about a second ago, you know, you had a real rough day where your whole pack dynamic got completely shook up. Um, and you know, you suddenly had, you know, a bunch of holes in that dynamic that needed to be, or that, you know, the, the dogs needed to work on filling, figuring out who was going to take what role. That must have been just hellacious. I mean, just apart from like the, the epic suck of that day, like the, the aftermath must have just been, uh, yeah, hell, hellacious is the, is the best word I can come up with. Yeah, I, that was like a zero out of 10 star days. Uh, I don't recommend it. Wouldn't care to do that again. No. It does. And, you know, there's, like you said, there's there's pack rolls within myself in the pack, Cleve in the pack, and there's pack roles within the pack in itself. Um, we had an old dog that was super, super nice in the aspect of he, 
if you were going to F around, you were going to find out. And he would often see things as I would, or before I would, you know, he'd see two dogs starting to stare or posture and he'd go over there and get between them and run them both off. He'd never go overboard, but that was enough that by the time I'd get over there, I'd go to say anything. He was kind of like my little right hand man that way. Um, Mm. And it wasn't overboard. You know, if you had pups that were rude or new dogs that would come in and be rude, he'd back them off, but he would never go overboard. It was just enough to be like, uh, yeah, not wrong house, not happening. And, right. and people don't realize, um, oftentimes that dogs don't always know their own behavior or how to be polite to another dog or they just think oh, all dogs dog mm-hmm. well, it is but just like i mean as active as i am on social media or whatever i'm i'm awkward as hell in, in person people are probably like what is wrong with her <laughs> and cleve's mr social butterfly and i'm the one in the corner like some kind of feral cat um <laughs> you know it's the same with dogs <laughs> they don't always know how to read body language well or how to respond. And, and they don't know that until they kind of get some reaction to what they do. Um, so yeah, I kind of had a, a similar right. experience as you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting with a pile of young dogs and some dogs healing up and stuff, just kind of how things change and, and observing things. I mean, I, I dang sure don't know everything. I'm still learning stuff every day. There's stuff I know now that oh, I wish I'd have known then. Hmm. Yeah, because just to like give people a quick idea of what happened, you had a you had a bad cat do a lot of damage to um, your dogs. You lost you lost a th- three four. Yeah, we had three, almost five, and what I thought ruined a sixth really nice pup. Um, I say mm. pup, she's a year and a half. Um, she came out of it really, really well. The actual pup that's pup amazing that lion got came out really well. Um, the other older finished dog who dang near didn't make it um, is doing pretty good. There's some stuff we got to work on, but that's fine. Uh, that's part mm. of it, right? And yeah, the other three are all buried in one hole because that was about what was left. Hmm. Oh, that was a rough day. I'm sorry that that happened. That was, you know, sort of thing. Like, what do you, what do you say? You know, we know, we know it's the risk of doing, you know, a lot of what we do. And if you're running big games, especially big predators like cats or bears, you know, you know, <clears throat> you know, that things can go bad. But you know, it's not often they go that bad. You guys got your butts kicked. Which is, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry that that happened. That's, um, that was a bummer. Just, I mean, just standing on the periphery, like hearing about it it was just like, oh man, that's, yeah. Not, not much fun. Sort of thing that gives you, no, sort of thing that gives you a tummy ache just hearing about it. And we've, I mean, I, I do have to say we've been really lucky and, whatever you want to call it for quite a while. I just wasn't expecting it to all come crashing down one day. Uh, it's been a rough couple of years, right. let alone that. And there's definitely, yeah, I don't you know, had... you know how 
you had you had mentioned in a previous podcast that you had that you guys had a long string where you know you were you were spending more time at the veterinarians than you were at home pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah like but, at this I mean, point my vet you know, and I talk and she's like girl if you and I can't figure it out I don't know <laughs> Like, I don't know if I can be helped. <laughs> there may not be hope for this. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, people, anybody who's run hounds long enough or so, I mean, I'll say dogs in general, especially hounds, but you're, you're going to hit a point where suddenly something crazy is going to happen and you're going to lose, you know, one or multiple and then I, I think people think of that as just like, that's a terrible thing that happened, which of course it is. But I don't know that people fully understand or even, even, even those of us that are in it fully comprehend the ripples that that's going to cause in the pack dynamic for the next, you know, four months, six months a year. I mean, it's, it was, my kennel went, my kennel of Huskies went from just the mellowest, nicest group of dogs to just like, you know, the okay corral in the space of a night when my old, the old alpha male in the kennel died of, I had to put him down cause he had cancer in his eye. So, I mean, he was still otherwise healthy and still fully in charge, but, you know, I had to put him down. Like, as soon as he was gone, it just went from, like, this mellow, super nice, could let everybody out, to just total, like, carnage for six weeks. Yeah, sometimes it feels like the dog yard should be named, like, Gotham City or some crap after that stuff happens. It's just... Anything goes. Big arch over the, big arch over the gate, the Thunderdome. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I, I hate stuff like that, and it, I mean, fighting drives me crazy because, you know, I found apart from apart from that dog, the best brawler in my kennel is never my best, never my best dog. Yeah. I thought you, you know, were going to say for a minute it's it was gonna be... you. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I won't comment on that. But, uh, you know, it's it's like it's never going to be that super cold-nosed, great dog that can just, you know, that'll hold his own against any comers. It's going to be like the dog that couldn't f- sniff out his own butthole who's just going to lay waste every other day. You know, all of your good dogs, that dog's just going to, he's going to jack them up. And it's just, it, it sucks. Like the, 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 the rearranging of the hierarchy when you're not, when I'm not there sucks. I mean, and it was, you know, how do you, how would you go, like, how did, how did you go about kind of reintroducing the dogs to, I, 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 I don't know if reintroducing is the right word, but how did you go about kind of dealing with the pack dynamics from, that experience well i lost my shit a time or three um 
it's it's kind of weird right now because we got a pile of pups that are the same age that are pretty young and a couple that are like a year and a half ahead of them and then old dogs so there's kind of like a weird little vibe going on um Mm. but in general i just i spend we spend too much time with them to constantly be dealing with drama i'm just i'm not going to do it and if you want to fight you can fight Mm me like we will come to an understanding and right. what you deal with, whatever your pack is at the time is what your next pack is going to be. Cause every time you introduce puppies, they're going to act like the dogs you have now. They may not act like that in other ways, but the general feel and behavior your old dogs do is what your mm-hmm. young dog is going to adapt to. So if you don't like what's going on now, you better change it because you're going to be dealing with that for the next X amount of of time. Right. Um, they feed off each other, whether that's good behavior, bad behavior, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, oftentimes we see this, oh, you know, this behavior in dogs is bad. Yes, for the people. It's natural to a dog. So what becomes a problem for the person, we need to handle. Now, don't get me wrong. I allow my dogs to communicate. I allow them to set boundaries. But it's Mm -hmm. something where, like, you're not going to stand there in posture and stare and growl over, over a bone. If another dog comes to take it, you can set a boundary. If it becomes a problem, you will take that bone and go somewhere away with it. This mm-hmm. isn't something that happens over a day. It's a consistent, clear line of this will be tolerated, this will not. You have to be a... Right. It's a... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's, it's, a, it's a cultural thing. It becomes a cultural thing. It, it, goes, it goes beyond it goes beyond a correctional thing and becomes a, a part of the culture of that pack of dogs. It's like, okay, well, you know, if I stand here being a dick, like, you know, I'm betting most of those dogs after like a week, they're going to be like looking out of the corner of their eye at you as they're being dickheads. Like it's halfway half expecting. It's like, Becky's going to respond to this bet. Becky's going to come over and have a conversation. I'm not going to enjoy here pretty soon if I don't stop doing this. <laughs> Our old pack was was pretty good. You know, I, I didn't quite appreciate where they were at at the time as I do now with Puppy Mayhem. Hmm. Um, and they'll, they'll get to that point if I can hang on that long. Um, you know, <laughs> where it was. I cleave or I could just kind of and, and imitate similar, you know. You lower your head and stare at them, and they're going to be like, oh, uh, you meant, you know, this me, not the other one. Oh, okay, I'll stop that now. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I'm not overly hard on them. Punishment fits the crime, and there's just things that aren't tolerated and things that are. And there's, you know, people need to, this whole country could stand a heavy dose of nuance. Um, this whole world really Mm. take it you you know it's not black and white everything 
needs some nuance to it. What one dog mm. is going to get away with, another dog won't because I know the second dog is going to push the boundaries where the first dog won't. Some dogs are, you give them a quarter inch, they take a mile. And some dogs are, right. oh, okay, I'm, I'm not, I got away with that, but I'm not going to do it again. You just have to know and pay attention. And it can be tedious at first because you have to set those boundaries. But once you have it, God, it's so much easier than constantly dealing with the same crap over and over and over again the whole time you have the dog. Like, I have dogs because right. I enjoy them, not because I want to spend my entire career just dealing with the same crap over and over. Right. It's like you want to have dogs to have dogs. You're not going to pay a bunch of money to be a prison warden for the rest of your life. Like, it's like, you know. <clears throat> but when you've got a dog, like, you know, you, you brought up something, you know, lowering your head and looking at them and being like, uh, 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 I don't know about that. You know, that that's a body language thing that's really nuanced that I, I, I see like a, I'm I've been thinking a lot about body language recently because, of, you know, my son has this plot hound pup that he saved up his money for and bought. And you know, he doesn't understand. He gets, he gets real discouraged sometimes. He's like, you know, he, he listens to you. Why isn't he, you know, always listening to me? And I mean, he's doing an amazing job with this pup, but it's still like, you know, bottom line, if like he may need to say something twice, whereas I'm going to only need to say it once. And it's not because I've gone and, you know, wailed on this puppy or, you know, I'm big and scary screaming in his face. It's because what I say, I've also got the body language to back up or, you know, I'm, I'm conveying what I mean and what I, what I'm trying to, trying to get the dog to understand. I'm speaking to it both in terms of commands, but also in terms of body language, you know, how, how much of your pack's dynamic and your effect on your pack's dynamic do you think is, is, is body language? Quite a bit. Um, if you think about it, that's the most natural thing to a dog. My dog knows I'm not another dog. I mean, if they're that dang dumb, I don't, I don't want them, but (laughs) I'm also going to communicate with them in the quickest way for them to pick up. And, you know, like you brought up with your boy, he's probably what, nine, 10, jumping around, doing whatever. He's not thinking about how his body is affecting things. And he's probably not of the mind frame to be consistent every time he's a puppy himself let's be exactly. honest he's a puppy yeah it's a it's the blind leading the blind to be fair yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. you know i do think that that plays quite a bit and as far as body posture itself among the the topic we're talking about i don't wait until there's a problem you know mm. i've had some dogs that would go from playing just super fun to overstimulated and reactive i mean within this the snap of a finger so when I see the hard stares, when I see the sud- the kind of subtle head down, looking up, stiff body, I'm getting on it at that point. Like, I don't want it to get too physical. I want it to be like, no, if you're overstimulated or if you're, I mean, you are surrounded by 6,000 acres. You've got plenty of places to go. No one's holding you here. Right. It, you need to go. Go, bl- go blow off some steam. Yeah. And and I don't let, oftentimes you will see the question pop up, and this is probably going to be a little controversial. Like I said, nuance works for me. 
if, if somebody else's way works for them, perfect, great, more power to you. Um, you will often see this question brought up of, I want to neuter my male, but mm-hmm. a lot of people have told me other males will be all over them, will treat them like a bitch in heat, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are altering hormones. But that is a management problem, generally speaking. I don't care if my female's right. in heat. You're not going to bother her. You are going to be mannerly. You're going to mind when I tell you to. I don't really care if every cat, dog, horse, and goldfish in Elko County is in heat. I'm not asking you. I'm telling mm. you, you will mind and you will be behaved. I'm not going to let you you pester the bitch to the point she goes in her doghouse in the heat kennel because you guys are acting like idiots. It's, it's not happening. It's right. not an option. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it can be really difficult to find the balance there between being like this kind of yeah, the behavior police or the fun police, I should I guess I should say, you know, going in and breaking up every time, you know, puppies get a little rough with each other. You know, but at the same time, I, I feel like there's gotta be part of the pack dynamic aspect for me anyway has always been, you know judging a dog both based on yeah basically judging a dog based on what i believe it knows better than and also where is it in its development mm-hmm. and they have to be you know, allowed to make if, a wrong if they never do anything wrong they don't learn right right absolutely you know and if i've got two 7 year old males that suddenly start posturing and being dicks to each other. I'm going to like walk over there instantly. Like, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to walk over there instantly and be like, Hey, 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 what are you guys doing? Take a hike. Come on, take a hike. I like, I mean, it's, it's like all of my dogs know take a hike means, you know, get lost, go take a breather. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, if two nine month old puppies start doing that to each other, you know, I might let them, I might let that escalate intentionally just because they might just kind of be seeing, well, let's just try this hat on and see how it feels. I would rather that they learn that that's the consequences, even when I don't get involved, are fairly high, you know, or fairly severe, I should say, more than high. You know, because it's, you know, you get, you, you have to let them be dogs. You got to let them be, you know, work on those social cues and social weirdness as they grow. Just like, just like human beings. You know, you're going to be, if you're a teenager, you know, you're going to misread social, social cues and, you know, think you're Don Juan and, you know, you're just going to be the pimply nerd. You know, it's like, it's, I've, I've been there. Yeah, I think you're Don you learn. Napoleon Dynamite. Uh. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know, but I, I think that that's part of our job as as the the owners, and also you know the ultimately the you know whether you want to look at it as a as a dominance thing, you want to call yourself the alpha dog. I've talked to people who, you know, I knew I knew a guy who absolutely had what he considered to be total control over his dogs 
And he did in the sense that he could get his pack of dogs to do things that I probably wouldn't have been able to get my pack of dogs to do. But he needed to be so on them all the time because it was like it was like being on a you know being on a chain gang. Like the second his back was turned, the shit would epically hit the fan. Strict parents make sneaky kids kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like the preacher's daughter kind of deal. It was just like mm-hmm. just total mayhem and chaos. And, you know, his attitude was like, and when that happened, he would wade in there with like shovels. I mean, it was, it it would get nasty. You know, he was in there snarling and biting too, you know, and he would come out on top like he always did, but the same thing would happen the day afterwards. Whereas I would never do that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that I did it the right way, but at least for my dogs, you know, I would do you know, and I've seen other people do it as well, where they could walk in to their dog yard, let all of their dogs loose, and then be like, oh, I forgot my coffee, and walk back into the house, walk back outside, and there would not have been a problem while they were gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think people forget dominance, which it's a human made up turn. Let's be honest, it's basically just control of resources. It is fluid. You might have a dog who, you know, nobody takes a bone from him. But he's going to maybe let other dogs kind of jump on him and be a little rude. Or he's going to not push his way in to get pets. Whatever the case may be. It's not always the one dog has everything all the time and that's just... It comes and it goes. It's fluid. It depends on what's important to the dog. Depends on what how they perceive things. Hundred percent. Right. And yeah, I do the same mm-hmm. thing. And you know, the thing is, dogs that pack mentality. They can be best friends one second, and the next second trying to kill each other. And the one dog that's down, everybody's piling on. You know, I'll mm-hmm. usually when I'm I'm bidding jobs or doing whatever, I'll just sit out on the porch with my laptop and have everybody loose, and um, mm-hmm. I'll go in the house and leave leave a window open just because. Things happen. I mean, as well as they get along. Freak stuff happens. Um, Oh, sure. So I I definitely get what you mean there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But that's a good point, too, that, you know, it's just like human beings. You know, it's like you, you know, it's like being being married. You know, you're going to behave yourself most of the time, but occasionally you're just for whatever reason, going to come just out of left field with something completely irrational and obnoxious. I do it myself. And, you know, and it's, but I, I've seen, you know, I've had brothers living together for 14 years, their entire lives, you know, basically, where at some point in that time, you know, I remember Bronx and Hudson, they were littermates from a New York river litter. Neither of them ever picked a fight with any other dog. But then there was just this one day where they just like had had enough of each other and beat up on each other a little bit. And then they went, you know, the remaining seven years of their lives living in the same kennel free, like loose together, never, ever had a problem. And that's oftentimes they just got to figure it out. Like we've said, there, there is a structure within 
the pack itself. And, and I do like them to figure out, okay, this is the boundary. No, you're not going to take his bone. This is the boundary. You're not going to bump into him. They have to be able to communicate that way because especially hounds, you know, they're not pointers. They're not game dogs. They're not, they're a long ways away where no matter what goes wrong, I, I may not be able to get to them or cleave whoever, you mm. know, they're right. kind of left to their own devices. Um, and anything, humans, dogs, horses, whatever, reverts back to its uh, yeah. imprinted behavior. Default I guess. mode. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so I kind of would rather be a, a little harder than not. Um, and I, I don't mean hard physically per se. I just mean black and white. Acceptable, not acceptable. Get get your right. shit together. Right. I, I think that's a big part of it too, though, isn't it? Is it's 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 this it's not only being in giving the impression that you're in control, but actually being really, really consistent with the things that you accept and don't accept. Like I've had dogs, you know, I've had it in my kennel where dogs have because that was something I really, really worked on because it was something I was not good at at all when I got into sled dogs in the first, or got into working dogs in the first place was my body language was not particularly good and I was not consistent in how I did things, not consistent in the behaviors that I uh, accepted or didn't ex- accept. You know, I would, I would, it was kind of, you know, based on how I was feeling that day, it'd be like, oh, it's fine that you're doing that one day. And then I'd be super irritated about the next day. It created a lot of disorder and, uh, insecurity in the dogs that I had at that time. And it's something that I really worked very hard on being very deliberate about. And, you know, it's like, I said it to my son today, you know, if you're going to give a command to a dog, think about why, how, and when you're going to give that command, because, you know, if you give that dog to the command when it's already blown you off, you know, you're, you're done. If you give that dog the command and this squeaky voice that says, you don't have to listen to me, he's not going to listen to you, you know? And I think that so much of the pack dynamic stuff has to do with consistency and sort of creating that cultural, that culture of, where it's just part of the culture of what's okay and not, you know, I've had it where, you know, recently in the last, in the last years, you know, I've had it where a dog will do something that it's just not allowed to do. And I'll have 10 other dogs come running over, you know, tattling on that one dog that's not doing what it's supposed to do because, you know, they all know that, you know, Hey, chasing that cat. Mm mm. That's, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, or chewing on the window, the trim around the window. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a no go little bro, bro. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's, it is, it can be tough to be that consistent. Once you, once you get over the hill, it's like, okay, this is so much easier. Like I, I go to the extent or we go to the extent you're not going to run around and pee on each other's pee. You're not going to do kickbacks. You're not going to do, no, it's not happening. This mm. is my place. Don't don't you worry right. about who knows you're here. Get your ass to work and go hunting. Mm-hmm. There, there's only one reason males do that, and that's something mm-hmm. they don't need to worry about. Um, that doesn't right. mean they don't still try. 
and let's be honest, I can only get on so many dogs at once about that stuff. But for the most part, they're, you know, they're going to cock a leg here and there, but they're not, that's not their main goal as soon as they run out of the truck is let's see how many different pea bushes I can pee on top of. Eh, not happening. Hmm. Boys are gross. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I say that, you know, Cleve and I were talking. I swear, women like male dogs, men like female dogs. I don't know why. That it's is the thing. darndest thing, isn't it? It's the darndest thing. It, it, it's, I do not understand that because I'm, I'm the opposite. Like I, I have a female dog that I really like. She's, she's good. But when she dies, she will be the last female dog that will cross the threshold of my, of my doorstep for the rest of my life. I am so tired of females in heat that yeah. I, I, I like, I cannot even, I can't, I can't even like, I'm, <laughs> I know I sound like a, you know, Staten Island housewife, but it's like, I, I can't even. Oh no. Oh it's, my God. Yeah. I can't even. I, uh, yeah. I was talking to Cleve with that about the other, or about that the other day. And I'm like, Oh my God, we went from like 15 males and two intact females a couple of years mm -hmm. ago to now we've got like six and I'm ready to jump off the top of the heat kennel head first at this point. Right. And I, I had one this winter. It was really great because she does this really cool trick where she comes in heat for three weeks and then she goes out for a week and then she comes back in for three weeks. So oh. she basically missed all of winter. And as soon as I can get them, them little eggs chopped out, that's happening. Cause that's just, yep. she's miserable. Um, the males are miserable. It just, yeah. That's, that that's the hell that I am in right this minute. I have a dog that went into heat was like, am I coming into heat? Maybe I am until like January. And then like, as soon as like the shit hit the fan, otherwise she's like, Oh, I actually am in heat by the way. And has been Perfect. in raging heat since then for like three months. So yeah, as soon as she's done now, she will be, she will be spayed and I will be forever done with females in heat. I'm, I'm, I'm so done. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's like another thing we're talking about all the males and the males doing stupid douchey shit to each other, which they, they definitely do. But like the, the gnarliest, most like hateful, long-term like Hatfields, McCoys, Jeff, several generation conflicts that I've had in my kennel have been females. Yeah. They are the worst kamikaze don't give a crap on site like <laughs> it's really horrible and you're, you're generally not going to change their mind you may get them to be civil to each other but you better not take your eyes off them <laughs> right exactly and I just, exactly like hmm. <laughs> yeah i'll take 10 male yeah. fights over because they're just males are dumb they just fight and then they're like oh hey want to go dig out ground squirrels together Sure. It's like the Will Ferrell, you know, stepbrother. Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, I mean, and it's like, I mean, it's in that way, we're so similar, both, you know, humans and dogs. It's like, you know, I have, I have literally been sitting down enjoying a beer with somebody I was in a fist fight with 20 minutes before. And yet there's like, like I've talked to, I've, you know, I've talked to people where it's like, she was a bitch to me in kindergarten. She can go to hell. And they're seven. Like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. It's it's not a good time when it's females. No, that that adds an that you know, the heat and stuff, you know, it it adds a it adds sort of a combustible element to the pack dynamic for sure. But it's when the females get into it with each other that that like that's going to be I can only think of one time where in all the years I had working dogs in bigger packs where I needed to move a dog along, not because it wasn't a good enough sled dog, but because it had a personality conflict with another dog in my kennel. Like I've never, that's never happened with a male. Mm -hmm. The only time that ever happened was with a female. And it was probably, she, you know, I've heard, go ahead. Go ahead. I've heard people say it's, it's bitches of the same age. I've more so found it to be a younger coming up bitch and an older bitch. The older bitch that has been mm -hmm. that girl for a bit. And then there's a young up and comer and, and that's where it gets mm -hmm. bad. Right. Yeah. No, the, uh, yeah, no, it's, it, I've experienced both of those things. Um, the, the reason I moved on the one dog was because, she started a personality conflict with, and it was her that started it, with another bitch when they were nine months old. Not siblings from two totally different litters, created an issue that they just kept going. And then when the other bitch had puppies, this bitch was just horrendous to all of those puppies. So it ended up like eventually being where it was like this family of yeah family of dogs that just could not be in the same area as this one as this one bitch and i i eventually just had to sell her because she would she would create brawls that you know not only would it do it an enormous amount of damage because they i mean it's not like let's see who's stronger here it's like i am going to effing kill you and I'm not going to let anybody stop me. So like I'd go in there, I can wade into, you know, a 10 dog male fight and be like, hey, 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 and like half of those dogs are going to break off right there. And then it's not going to take me, you know, much pulling dogs off before it's going to be over, you know, but those females fight, man, like I would like, wah, there'd be, you know, everybody involved would be bleeding. I'd walk away, you know, bitten hands and broken fingers and like this. <laughs> They're, they're gnarly. They're, they're, they're gnarly. You walk out with a few more holes than you walked in with. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yep. It isn't. I don't know if it's because females are more home, hormonal. Uh, yeah, I'm lumping myself in that. Um, <laughs> but it's just a thing and they, they don't forget, you know, I mean, of course you're going to have squabbles here and there. Anyone, you know, when I'm talking mm. fights, I'm not talking about them telling each other off or, or little whatevers. I'm talking dogs that are being ignorant completely. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, most males, I mean, and they pretty well know, most males are generally not going to be as...
doubtful on if you mean it or not, in my experience. Hmm. And, right. and that's, that's on average, of course, saying, you know, it goes back to nuance. Every dog is different. But for the most part, mm-hmm. males are like, all right, all right. And bitches are like, mm-hmm, you better make me. Right. <laughs> you, you and what army? Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. joke. No, they, they, you know, but at the same time, it's, you know, I, I can, I understand, you know, you, 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 you made a, a comment here that, that guys like female dogs and, you know, women like male dogs. You know, what, one of the great things about the females is that they're so, they learn so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's, unless it's so rare that they create a problem in the pack dynamic, apart from being in heat. I mean, uh, you can't hold that against them. You know, it's when they first do that, it becomes, it's like a massive problem, but it's so rare that they do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the, it's the dumb, ignorant males that are going to be chest bumping each other and, you know, punking each other when they're, you know, trying to go to the bathroom and things like that. You know, it's like, it's, it's typical, you know, yeah, typical dumb male shit. But, you know, as you, as you integrate like young dogs, like you've got a bunch of young dogs right now, as you integrate them into the pack dynamic you know, what are, what are the things that you're going to be like, what are your, what are your black and whites? Like where, where do you draw the line? Because, you know, I, like I would, I would usually let dogs, um, grumble a little bit at each other. You know, you'll have this where they sort of come together and grumble a little bit, not, not the, not the snarling, raging at each other, but like the, as they walk alongside each other, I would usually let them do that. Just hoping that they could sort of, yeah, work through whatever issues they have with, with, you know, the dog equivalent of bad language and rude gestures. You know, what are, what are your, what are your black and whites? Cause I know people that would have put the kibosh on that the second they started grumbling. My typical answer, yes and no. Um, mm. It really, it does depend on the dog. Depends if, on the dog. If it's yeah, a dog that is going to escalate that, shut up. No, you're not doing that. If mm-hmm. it's a dog that maybe is a little inconfident, and that's going to bring about some confidence for him, but I know he's not going to act on it, I might let it go here and there. Um, mm-hmm. And it depends on their age. I mean. They go through these phases, and once they hit, you know, that 15 to 18 month mark, we got a pup right now that's going through that, and he's starting to think he's pretty cool, and he can kind of start pushing his weight around a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're we're having to kind of reestablish some boundaries, and they're, they're the same boundaries that he's had. It just hasn't been like, well, I tried this yesterday. Let me try it again today. I'm like, no, right, not happening. Um. <laughs> You know, and as the other males are coming on 10 months, something like that, 
uh, mm. they're starting to also kind of pick up on that and be like, oh, maybe I could do that. <laughs> no, you can't. Right. So it's just a lot of it's reminders and it, it depends on the dog, honestly. I mean, I, I feel like I say that a lot, but kind of is how it goes. Um, it is how it goes. Yeah. How would you do need to do uh when you do need to do a reminder, what does that look like? What does that look like for you? I think it's going to look probably different for you than it's going to look for, you know, somebody who's 250 pounds and, and, and scary like I am, you know, like how, how do you go about that? It's going to depend on the dog. Uh, it's going to depend on the dog. Yeah. Some of them, I, I mean, I, I can dang sure get my body language enough where they're like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, you know, I might just fuss at them, you better knock that off. Or I might kind of get mm. in their face a little more. I might get a little more body language aggressive. I might hit him with a tone on the collar. I might mm. might chuck a rock at him if I'm 20 feet away and I can right. I can surprise him out of it a little more and then kind of give him the reminder look. Where it's like, mm, not not good. Better straighten mm. up. Um, and like I said, it, it's... I hate to say the same answer all the time. It just, it's so dependent on the situation, on the dog, on the escalation, but for the most part, probably pretty similar to you. I mean, if it gets to the point where I have to really, really get involved, that's probably because to a point where something needs to happen now. Um, mm. And that comes down to yeah. reading your dogs too. There's some dogs that a collar correction is going to cause a whole lot more problems. And that's one of those collar corrections oh, sure. they need to realize is a correction from you and not, not something else. Um, you know, you can also just kind of redirect if it's something, you know, they're young and just trying each other out. You can redirect on that. If I have two younger males say, you know, they haven't reached sexual maturity. They're, they're just kind of just being jackasses. They're wanting to bow up mm. and, and fight a little bit, but they're not out for blood, nothing like that. And they want to play. Well, guess what? You just earned mm. yourself a new and only playmate until you do get along. I'm not going to go in the house <laughs> and leave them alone, but you're going to watch everybody else play and just wreak havoc and kill ground squirrels and whatever else. And you're going to play with each other until you do like each other. Right. The, the hound version of putting uh, two squabbling siblings in the same big t-shirt yeah, I exactly. And there's yeah. times that won't work. Don't don't get me wrong. And, you know, it's kind of Not funny. Sure. We were talking about it the other day. We, we have these Richardson ground squirrels that come out and they're about like, mm. I don't know, like a gerbil guinea pig cross, I guess. And they they don't go in trees. They dig holes <laughs> in the ground. So my yard constantly from about now till June looks like some kind of nuclear bombing range with holes. All It looks like somebody turned like 15 badgers loose and just let them go. Um, but I kind of like it because those pups get so amped up. Even my old dogs. I mean, my God, they've punched holes through the tin on the shed with their canines trying to get into squirrels. It's, it's mayhem. It's about like in a tree. Mm -hmm. And I can sit back and kind of watch and say, okay, who might have some problems here that I need to, when they're, when they're amped up to that point, because obviously as emotions escalate, things escalate. So if I'm sure. watching a dog that's getting overstimulated or he's he's kind of wanting to jump another dog in that area, I know I I better get on top of some stuff before before things escalate and a decision needs to be made or whatever the case may right. be. Right. 
Right. So it's, it's kind of nice to take right. little opportunities like that or see how they're going to act when a bitch is in heat. And it's, you know, we've been talking quite a bit the last few days. We being me and Cleve, sorry, have been talking the last few days where when you have a lot of dogs, sometimes you manage things instead of addressing them. So for example, we've been getting a little lax on minding and I was going to give out bones after everybody was, was tied up for the evening. And I mm-hmm. just went to go ask him and cause everybody was kind of following me. Hey, let me go put this bucket of bones back up and let's tie everybody up. And then I'll, I'll hand them out. And at the same time, we both went, no, I'm going to keep the bucket of bones out and they are going to learn. They need to come when they're called, whether there's a bucket of bones out or not. So sometimes it's just right. a matter of shifting your mindset from avoiding problems to confronting them and getting past them. Um, and that's something that I am definitely right. guilty of being like, oh, it'd just be easier or faster to to do that. Well, by the time you do that every single time, it's not easier nor faster. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand. I totally get what you're saying. And, and I, I totally agree with that, that, you know, so much of it is so much of the pack dynamic is going to be conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is, you know, you want to set your dogs up for success. You want to, you, you know, you want to give them, you know, I, there's this, there's this push now amongst, um, you know, dog trainers to only give your dog positive feedback, you know, and, and in a perfect world, you would only need to give your dog positive feedback, but it's not a perfect world. It's the real world and it's messy and disgusting and frustrating. And, you know, you're going to need to put boundaries on these guys and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you're going to need to set them up, especially, and it, it can be such an effective tool when they're puppies and you don't need to, to discipline them as hard. You don't need to, the consequences if they start to squabble with each other are not as severe as, you know, like with, with huskies. I've seen huskies kill each other in, you know, the, the amount of time it takes them to open their mouths. It's like, I, all I've heard is, and then turned around and I've got a dog bleeding out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, but when they're puppies, if you kind of set them up for failure, it sounds cruel, but it's not, it's, it's the kindest possible thing you could do for them, setting them up for failure and actually correcting that behavior when they fail, when it's correctable. And you get more out of less. Right. A hundred percent. Right. You don't need to be the big, you know, the, it doesn't need to be the big knockdown drag out, you know, free for all brawl. It can be a puppy being a dickhead in the food bowl and just getting that little, like, you know, picked up and removed from the food bowl. Now that's when you're a dickhead, you're not going to get to eat with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and some of it is you know, management. You know, I, I know there's some dogs that that is their, their thing and I, I mean, I'm not going to put a kibosh on a dog so much that they're constantly like, oh, I got to watch out. You know, there's some management stuff mm. that I'm going to be like, okay, I know this is your thing. I'm going to accommodate that to an extent to the point mm-hmm. you're comfortable and I'm fine with it, but it's not going to become a life ruling deal. Right. And this is, right. You know, I mean, you what, don't want to be so hard on your dogs that they become reactionary, you know, start shying away from you every time you walk, you know, mm-hmm. walk into the kennel or something like that. I mean, but I, 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 you know, I, 
I think that a lot of people end up on one or in rather one or the other ditch mm-hmm. where they're either they're being macho dickheads to all their dogs themselves or they're trying to be nice to all their dogs and in reality have zero control whatsoever. And there can definitely be a, and, and I mean, you know what, whatever someone wants to do with their own dogs, more power to you. If you I, fill up a swimming pool pissing in it, I don't care as long as it's not <laughs> mine. Um, right. And there's times where you can probably see where that comes from in the dog pack. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can see the correlation of why you're like that. Um, right. <laughs> and like I said, it's everybody their own deal. I look at it in a way now as well. I'm not sure what it's like where you're at, but I mean, the days of not running into a hiker or someone with their rescue husky named Timber with a bandana on it and their blue healer that's friendly and he's up there wanting to bow up to it. It's not going to work out well if you've got six, eight, ten dogs loose. Like, you're going to end up with a major problem on your hands. So at the, we're at the point in society where you better have a handle on them because it's not if you run into somebody, it's when you run into somebody, at least here. I mean, it's yep. oh, between social media showing all the cool places and COVID and... And to be honest, there's no reason not to. Like, I do not want to spend my entire life fussing at the same dog for the same stuff all, right. all the time. And, and at some point, you also have to think about, like for me, for example, oftentimes I'm here alone with a lot of dogs. I can't afford to have something break out, something serious break out, because it's going to be bad. Right. Um. Hmm. You know, and not because Cleve's uninvolved, but if he's on a contract that we, you know, we couldn't bring dogs on or whatever the case may be. I just, I spend a lot of time alone with a lot of loose dogs mm-hmm. and things can happen in the blink of an eye. And, you know, so I do have some tools and some tricks that can get things handled, uh, safely for the most part and on my end, uh, mm-hmm. And can kind of get the point across if, if it really comes down to a situation like that. And we can say, oh, well, it won't. Well, you right. don't know that. But you can do everything you can to make sure it doesn't. I mean, it's Murphy's Law. If 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 it's possible, then it definitely is going to happen at some point. But like what are, you know, I'd be interested in hearing what what are what are some of the tools that you use to, um, you know, to... to as you say, kind of keep keep control of all the loose dogs when you don't have, you know, I, I don't want to call Cleve the muscle, but I'll, in this conversation, I'll call him the muscle, you know, like when, when your muscle's not around, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you do then? What do you, how do you, you know, how do you put yourself into, you know, how do you gain the respect of, of a bunch of males that, you know, in, in some cases must weigh nearly half of what you do? So, and I think some of that is keeping a very distinct, I'm not messing around attitude where they know, like once, once that comes out, I'm serious. Um, you know, and we're, we're talking like, I'm not running around just 
poking dogs all the time, but I'm talking if we've got serious problems, I do have mm. a hot shot cattle prod in the shed. I know how to use a collar to choke a dog off. You cut off their air, they're going to stop. I don't care if it's a game dog. If they can't breathe, they will stop. Mm. Um, you know, I think if you're out and about, you know, what do you, generally speaking, this is, everybody does it different. If you're at a tree when things are exciting and going on and you want to really amp dogs up, what do you do? You start yelling, right? Mm-hmm. Most people, when a dog fight breaks out, are going to start hollering. They're going to start wailing on them. That's pretty much going to amp them up. I do have some dogs that I, you know, I'll use that first just to kind of break that focus of hollering. And then I'm moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's whatever the case may be, whether it's, you know, if you have to use a brake stick, if you have to get in there and just start physically choking dogs off. Um, mm-hmm. And you want to be prepared for the worst. I mean, I hate to say it, and it's something that hopefully no one has to deal with. But at some point, whether it's right. it's important to know how to do that because you might be bebopping down the trail and somebody else might have an extremely aggressive dog that gets yours down. But just if you're going to have right. dogs, you need to understand how to make them quit, period. Right. And, it, it you know, it's it sounds cruel in that, like, it, or it might sound cruel to some people to to be like, oh, well, you know, what a horrible thing to do to a dog. But like I, like I pointed out a minute ago, you know, I have seen huskies kill each other before I've managed to turn around. Mm-hmm. You know, the the uncomfortable thing that you're going to do, you know, you know, yanking on a choke collar to get them off of there or hitting them, you know, hitting them with a shock. Is it, I, do you hope you never have to do it? Absolutely. Nobody wants, you know, we, we love our dogs. We don't want to go over there and, you know, do something like that to any of them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the consequences of just like letting them continue, well, they'll work it out themselves. Uh, I mean, those, those dogs are going to end up at, if they're lucky, they're going to end up with long-term injuries that are going to take a long time to heal. If they're unlucky, they're going to end up stone dead, bleeding out. And we've got to remember, these are not pets. This is not one dog on one dog. This could be as many as, like I said, they're best friends and they can be. One, it's pack mentality. If one dog gets down, you're going to have problems with more. And right. I, I don't exactly. want to have to do that stuff. I also don't want to have to carry a gun when I'm out by myself because I want to believe most people in the world are good. Mm. But you don't want to end up on a t-shirt either if you decide you don't want to be good. It's, I, I'm going right. to do what I got to do, you know? Um, right. And that's where, you know, you see people recommend, oh, grab them by the back legs and do the wheelbarrow or whatever. That is a real good way to get redirected on and get the living crap bit out of you. And generally, yeah. all you're doing is tugging on the other dog. We have to remember, these are dogs who know how to inflict A lot of pain, a lot of damage to damage. Them. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, just, it's, you know, and, yeah. and they're, these they're are sweet. not your, your grandma's pugs yeah. bickering over the couch cushions. Like this is, this is severe well, If stuff they get and, to that point, they are serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to be able, like in your, you know, I don't have to worry about it, but in your example and probably most of your readers or, or listeners, good Lord, uh, example, they've probably got young kids running around the yard. And, and I am not of the mm. mindset that dog aggression is not the same as human aggression. It, it's just not. 
that's not how it works. But if you do have a kid and two dogs are going at it and that kid's maybe going over to see what's going on or dogs are moving, yeah, things can get hurt. Dogs can get hurt. Kids can get hurt. Whatever can get hurt. Mm -hmm. It's best to just put a stop to it, period, and then you don't have to worry about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people need to learn. And there's great – if you can't figure it out, there's YouTubes. If you take your dog's collar, a flat collar, and put your hand under it from – from the top or the, the sides, like kind of back where their occipital bone would be, and you roll that mm-hmm. on edge and pick up towards the front of their nose, I guarantee you within yep. 15 seconds that dog is going to release. Right. And you won't have done damage. I mean, I've seen guys break up dog fights by, you know, reaching under there and, you know, squeezing testicles and things like that. That create that that's not only painful, but you're doing damage. Yeah. You know, the goal the goal is not to... You know, we're not going in there with the same attitude that 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 the that the hounds are. You know, we're not going in there to beat the crap out of them to show that we're dominant. We're going in there to stop them from destroying each other. Exactly, and, and, and I'm sorry, that but a pack that. Go ahead. Sorry, you're kind of breaking up no, a go little ahead. bit on me. Oh, am I? I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Okay. There we are. I'm back. Okay, good. Um, and that's how we need to look at it. And, and in my personal opinion, and for whatever that's worth, you know, a pack that is in constant turmoil, there's constant grumbling, there's constant pushing and, and small squabbling going on. That's not a harmonious, happy pack. And some people are going to say, well, I don't Mm. care if they're happy. I just got them for tools. Well, okay, just know whether you pay attention to it and realize it or not, that is what's happening, and you will have problems from it. It's just what problems are you willing to accept and what are you willing to uh, live with, I guess, and do you live with the risk of what could happen, whether it's your dog or somebody else's. Right. And are you, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, we, I think especially as, you know, it was a little bit different with the sled dogs because they were always attached to me. You know, if, if there was an issue, I could, I could just stomp on the brake and they, they weren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But with the hounds, you know, you're, you're letting them go. They're, they're off, you know, kind of doing their own thing. Ideally they're doing what you want them to do and what you train them to do and what they're bred to do. You know, I, if you pop, if you bump into somebody with a horrendously behaved, you know, schnauzer that is like, I'm going to take this whole pack of bear dogs, you know, on right this, right this second. I, I, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, that, that's where, you know the snot meets the mustache like that's if if you don't have a handle on your dogs that's going to go real bad and then you know it's not going to be the schnauzers owners the you know the people with the shithead schnauzer that are going to get sued you know that, that sued i mean it, it comes down that's you know, the it's point it's going to be you yeah we're to that point in society where that's what's going to happen it's not going to be oh we my are. dog was being an asshole it was it's kind of funny you mentioned that though my niece and i were having a conversation she's got a, a border collie that she's working with and for the most part, I mean, she had mm-hmm. a few childhood dogs, but it wasn't really intentional working dog type stuff. She's got a border collie she's working sure. with now, where she's just been around the hounds. 
And she's like, oh my God, this dog is so easy to work with. She wants to please me. She wants to this. She wants to that. I'm like, um, yeah, hounds are like dealing with Kid Rock. She's like, yeah, and Border Collies are like dealing with George Strait. And it's like, yes, exactly. Hmm. <laughs> there's there's right. a very big difference in dogs that want to please you and dogs that don't really care. You're just their chauffeur to an extent. It's right. not their They're first like, nature is to be like, oh, what does she want? Versus, say, a Border Collie or a an Alaskan or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, I mean, and I mean, even an Alaskan, it's it's going to be like, well, the first thing I want to do is go and do this thing that I've been bred to do forever. You know, it's the same with the hounds. Whether it's going to be like, well, I'm going to go and do this with or without you. If you're around, I'm going to be pleased. But if you're not, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's, you know, the, the, I don't even know if we have a real point here apart from pack dynamics is, is both challenging and important. And it depends on the dog. I guess, I guess that could probably be the, uh, the, 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 the title of this episode is it depends on the dog. Yeah, honestly. You know, but it's it it's one of those things where you know, you owe it to your pa- your pack, you owe it to yourself. But, you know, I'm I'm actually going to take a take it one step farther and say you owe it to the rest of us. You know, we're on thin ice right now, man. Like we're houndsmen, we're on thin ice. Like we we have we are we are surrounded and we are outnumbered and if we met, if we if we keep messing up for each other you know i keep saying it and i'm going to say it again and hope that it sticks and just say that you know when they come for us it's going to be we're going to have given them the ammunition that they need to shoot us in the, in the head you know, and it's not just the pictures and the videos and stuff like that, but some of it's just going to be, you know, the pack of hounds tearing apart somebody's chihuahua. And and don't get you me know, wrong. Because, you, yeah. I, I'm not trying to have a superiority complex or anything like that or say, oh, well, I've got it figured out and things are perfect. No one does. Nobody does. It's It's constant work. And, and I, I think sometimes there can be the misconception of, oh, well, they're hounds, so that doesn't matter. It's like, man, just make your life, make your life easier, make your dog's life easier, and you'll find you enjoy them so much more if hmm. they're not ignorant. I mean, there's no judgment passed whatsoever. Hopefully this gives someone who might say, you know, gosh, I've got this reoccurring problem, but I didn't notice it starting at hard staring or posturing. I just turn around and they're fighting, you know, or I don't know how to wade in and, and, and break it up or something like that. Hopefully it gives somebody a little glimpse of like, oh, okay, uh, that, that's something to go off of, you know, or this is a realistic expectation and this is not, it doesn't have to be that way. Um. Right. I think that's maybe the, the what I hope people take away from this is that it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't need to be this sort of, you know, uh, yeah, burning man 
kind of atmosphere every time you drop your dogs. You know, it, it's not necessary that it's going to be just this sort of free for all of excess and violence. You know, it, it, it's, and, you know, in another practical sense that we haven't touched on, I, I think that if you put, if you teach them how to behave together in the kennel, then some of that is just going to naturally translate to the tree. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got dogs that are kind of being real possessive over a tree or kind of, you know, tree fighting, things like that. I have to believe that if they're not allowed to do that at home, they're going to be less inclined to do that at the tree. Mm-hmm. And anymore, there's so many hounds been out there. What happens when you run into another pack and you're not there? Right. I mean, of course, things, right. things are going to happen. It's just you can't avoid everything. You can't control everything. But you can try to circumvent some pretty easy things. Um, mm-hmm. And it just makes life more enjoyable all, all the way around, I think. And mm-hmm. it just starts when it's young and just being consistent. And oftentimes it's just reminding yourself. Uh, there's quite a few times I, I probably need a hot shot on myself. Um Right. <laughs> but just ask Cleve. <laughs> but there's definitely just easier, better management practices, I guess you could say. Uh, and it's worth looking up. You know, if, if you are just getting into this and you're like, well, I don't know what dog body language is, YouTube it. I mean, we've, we've got little boxes with the, the wealth of the world's knowledge and BS in our pocket. You know, there's sometimes the answer's so close in front of us, we can't see the forest for the trees, you know. Right. And I, I think Oh, it's true. I mean Go ahead. It's it's amazing. It's it's amazing. I mean it's amazing. You know, it used to be that you needed to find a mentor, you needed the like there was so much that needed to go into there was so much luck that needed to go into getting into something like like hound the hound sport or dog mushing or something like that. You know, now you can get so much information. I mean, there's obviously you know, nothing is ever gonna be as you know, get yourself a mentor, but at the same time, it's, it's like, you can get, you can get really far with just YouTube videos. Like you said, YouTube videos and books, you know, I mean, there's so many great books out there that if you, you know, even if they're not written as training manuals, if you just pay attention to what the author is, is saying about their dogs and how they act around their dogs and things like that, you're going to pick up a lot, you know, reading, you know, reading Ed Vance's book or reading, you know, a one a great one that I just I keep going back to because it just blows me away that this guy was like a hundred years before his time is Meet Mr. Grizzly mm-hmm. by Montague Stevens, mm-hmm. who used to hunt grizzlies in Montana with bloodhounds, mm-hmm. and just like the the nuances in the training that that guy had going on, you know, way before, you know, it was even acceptable uh, is, is amazing to me. And you can pick up so much for, yeah, for, for nothing. A hundred percent. And even if it's something that you don't agree with, I will often go to the positive only side of TikTok or whatever training groups and be like, huh, well, here's what I believe. So let's put that to the challenge. 
if you're not challenging mm. what you believe, that's probably something to be considered. And, and don't fall into the the idea of, well, they're a hound, so it's not a possible thing. No, it is. It mm. takes more work. It takes more consistency. Consistency being key. Right. But it is possible. And I know it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I've been dealing with some burnout of, you know, with just kind of everything. And there's times where I'm like, God dang, the last thing I want to go do right now. I would literally do anything in the world than go work this dog. Right. But I also know if I don't, it's going to be harder on myself. Um, you know, it's winter right. time. It's, it's whatever. And I, I find myself, if I can avoid my own frustration, I'd be an idiot not to. And I oftentimes am an idiot. But that's, I mean, I guess recognizing that is half the battle, right? So, I yeah, guess, you know, yeah. when I, and I look at it, especially in the differences being back with a dog that wants to, you know, after growing up with labs and stuff, a dog that wants to please you and going to hounds and beagles. Uh, mm. And then going back to the sled dog, it's, I look at it and I'm like, gosh, this is so much easier. This, the process is the same. But I'm going to tell the sled dog, whereas, the hound, you know, I'm going to say his name and get his attention before I tell him what to do. It's just right. little things like that where I'm going to, you know, I might say, magpie, wait two seconds for it to even register. I'm talking. I just called his name and then tell him that's going to increase your success rather than just rattling it off like you would with with a dog that's always paying attention to you. Um, yeah. No. Oh, but I mean, absolutely. it is definitely possible if if the desire is there, then the results can be. And like I said, don't, you know, if anybody has any questions, shoot, send me a message. I'm sure you'd, you'd say the same, you know, I'm, I'm always oh, absolutely. willing to, to try and give my opinion again. You know, you get what you pay for, take it with a grain right. of salt, but it's worked for me in the meantime. Right. Or I mean, I, ideally what I, you know, what I tell, tell beginners is, you know, I'm happy to give you my opinion, but I hope I'm not the only person you're asking. You know, ask 10 different people and then, you know, do what makes of all of the options that you've been given, do what makes sense, the most sense to you, you know, because I'll tell you what works for me, but what works for me may not work, may not work for everybody, you know, and it's, there's so many resources, there's so many great people out there, you know, uh, who are super generous with their knowledge, super generous with their time. And, you know, if, if there's anybody who's listening to this that is just kind of getting into hounds at this point, ask, ideally not, I'll, I'll, I'll put a little bit of an asterisk there and say, don't go on these Facebook pages and ask questions like this, but... Because then you're going to get a bunch of really, really stupid answers. <laughs> However, find a couple of people who seem like they've got their crap together. Ask them. Send them private messages. You know, DM them on Instagram. You know, send them a message on Facebook. Call them up. Send them a text. Whatever. And ask them your questions because I've never experienced not one time 
with the with the hounds people the hounds there are the houndsman community where the person has said you know you know screw off or whatever like that i've if there's one thing we houndsmen like to do it's talk and like we also like to share our our experiences and our opinions often for more than they're worth but at the same time you know it's there's a wealth of information out there and a bunch of generous people who are going to be more than willing to give you their opinions and what works for them. A hundred percent. And like you said, look for somebody who you like what you see from, from their dogs or what you think you see from their dogs. And, and don't get me wrong. The, Mm -hmm. the folks that bad advice is still advice and it's still a, It can be a growth thing if you look at it and say, why should I not do that? Um, You know, sometimes there's as much to be learned from what not to do as, as what to do. And absolutely, absolutely. I want to say, think about it, but don't overthink it too much. Some of it's going to be trial and error. And there's going to be some times you're going to do something and you're going to be like, well, that was the wrong decision. And then there's times where you're going to be like, okay, that was good. And after you talk to enough people, you kind of, throw all the ideas in a blender and semi come up with your own, your own little thing. Just don't forget to go back in the recipe every now and then and mm. make sure you're still on track. Cause I get caught up doing right. that where it's like, well, this is how I did it with the last 13 dogs. I'm going to do it with this one. And well, maybe that don't mm. work too well. And, and some, some folks don't want to take that. They, they want one type of dog period. Bang, bang, boom, done. I don't, you know, that's you. That's right. fine. That's, right. that's whatever. Back to the, back to the title of this podcast. It depends on the dog. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, another thing I, I have told people, if they have a situation, because you know, people can only good give good advice if they understand what you're asking. So if you're mm. trying to paint a picture of, you know, say, okay, my dog is doing this. What do I do about it? Try and get that behavior you're asking about on a video because mm. somebody else might be able to see something you're missing and saying, okay, that's why this is happening and that's what you need to do about it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the more, the more information you can, you can share, the more, the better the information you're going to get back is going to be, mm. I believe, you know, and it's, you know, I, you know, I have a freaking podcast about hounds and it's not because I know it's not because I've got this stuff down it's because I needed I needed an excuse to ask all these stupid questions and the podcast gave me the credentials I needed to get, <laughs> to get through the door to be able to ask all these stupid questions you know, because there's there are major differences between, as you pointed out, there's major differences between hounds and the huskies. The huskies, it's a it's a different animal. You know, it's a lot of similarities, but then they're, you know, it, there's a lot that's different there. So, you know, it's it's been really valuable for me to have the podcast and be able to call people. You know, call and you know, shoot the shit with you for a while about all these, you know, different training things and different behavioral things and, you know, be able to call and talk to, you know, Jared Moss and, 
you know, Ross Hellwinger and, you know, uh, Eric Partlow and Doug McMahon and, you know, all these, all these really good houndsmen who, you know, are going to be able to give me very different answers. I mean, there's, I've, I don't know that I've ever experienced a consensus on any question that I've ever asked, but they're going to be great answers. They're all going to be great answers. And that's probably where a lot of it comes down to what works for you. And and I mean, don't take it as, and I don't mean you, but listeners don't, if you've got questions and someone's saying something, realize they're not, I would hope not. They're not telling you out of arrogance or self-worship. It's like, dude, I was a dumbass some this one them. time. Some, and this... some of them are. <laughs> so, some and of them are. this happened, like, learn from right. my mistakes. Please tell me it wasn't all for nothing because there are some times where I look back and I'm like, girl, what were you thinking? Uh, I do that on a daily, oh, yeah. basically, when I go to sleep at night. Um, yeah. But, I mean, take it, gosh, try, try and learn from the folks that have already gone through the hard stuff. and Right. And what, you know, it all depends on how involved someone wants to get with their dog. I just, I look at it and even with as hard as we hunt, guiding, whatever, not saying I'm the hardest hunter out there, but we spend a lot of time. And then between fence jobs and everything else, let's say hunting makes up, let's say you're, I mean, even if you're hunting 200 days a year, that's still only somewhere around two-thirds homeschool math uh Mm. of a dog's life and time they're going to spend with you there's Mm. more to it than that i don't want to hate them the other third i want to be able to all around enjoy them and and hopefully you know hopefully this helps our one listener with something they might be thinking about and inspires them to dig a little deeper i guess yeah, because I th- I think that's something that we've sort of touched a little bit on, but it's it's good to reiterate is that you know the we the stuff the type of stuff we're talking about it's not a like thirty second a day while you're feeding kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is pack dynamics stuff where. You know, there's an expectation that, and it's why we keep saying it depends on the dog. And there's an expectation that you're going to be able to make those distinctions because of the amount of time you spent with your dogs. You know, and that's, and you know that that can be, that can be tough. You know, I I spend an enormous amount of time with with my dogs, and because that's how I like to do it. And I know some very good houndsmen that do not spend that kind of time with with their dogs and it's you know a different way of doing it it's not the way that I do it it's not any any worse but it's you know they they clearly have something going for them because they are able to get it done and able to maintain you know nice packs of dogs without putting that in they clearly are able to see things that I that take me longer to see because I I can't maintain good group dynamics unless I'm together with that group a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And it may be a weakness that I have as a dog as a dog handler, but you know I need to 
I, I have to spend time with that pack to know how to respond to each individual dog. Because as you say, you know, as we've said, it depends on the dog. And, you know, if you don't know that dog well enough, you're going to make some mistakes that you're going to regret later on, you know, or more mistakes that you regret later on. I mean, we all, we all make mistakes that we regret later on. Yeah. And it's just what you're willing to tolerate. I mean, if you're willing to tolerate having to yell at him, knock it off every 15 minutes, well, well, that's not my deal, but good for you. I mean, however. Yeah. Whatever. Kind of just boils down mm. to the individual, I suppose. Um, but for those that, that do have that interest to be like, man, I, I really don't like that behavior. Um, and just kind of being able to read the dog's frame of mind. Is it wanting to fight? Is it over excitement? Is it, cause not all aggression is aggression is aggression. Not all misbehavior right. is misbehavior. You know, it's what's driving it is what needs to be looked at more, I think. And just mm. makes life easier all the way around. Maybe I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't know, but I got I enough stuff I got to deal I don't with. Think I so. I just assume things go smoothly, as smooth as possible. Anyway, sometimes it feels like it's square wheels, but you know about that. <laughs> I totally know about that. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an interesting topic, and I appreciate you coming on and talking to me about it. It's been um, uh, I like having conversations like this because while while I don't necessarily think we've been able to, you know, give any like real concrete this is how it should be done. I, I, I kind of hesitate from doing that ever and err more on the side of like food for thought. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I hope the, I hope the people listening, um, you know, it gives you just something to think about if nothing else, just, you know, how do you want it? And just because, you know, just because the person who got you started and, this whole hound thing had dogs that were a certain way doesn't mean that you necessarily need to have dogs that are that same way. You know, the people who got me started in dog mushing, you know, had a, a kennel of big burly brawlers. You know, you needed to know where each dog was going to go. You needed to know, you know, and it was something that after a few years of having that same type of dog, it was just like, I, I need to either walk away from this completely or I need to make some changes here. And that's got to be allowed. And, you know, as you say, figure out what works for you. Yep. For, and there's, there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. Sometimes we get so caught up in that. I mean, life's weird. There is yep. no, no playbook. <laughs> life's real weird right now. Uh, life's in the world. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the dog and it life is. is weird. That's the only two it concrete answers in this dog. whole thing. In this whole thing. That's right. Yep. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. All right. Well, I'm going to hit the hay cause I need to get up early tomorrow for work because on top of everything else, I've got to do that too. <laughs> All righty. So, but I appreciate you coming on. Becky, it's always fun to talk to you. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope that uh, the youngsters settle down here soon and kind of learn the learn the ropes before you lose your mind. At this point, I'm hanging on because of spite. It's fine. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. Pure stubbornness. I come by it naturally. <laughs> yep. You spend uh, a lot of time. You do. You do spend a lot of time with mules. Yeah, yeah. You'd think one of these days, you know, I'd be smart enough to figure out that a day like today, where it's blowing twenty-five. I go out there at 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm like, yep, today is the day. I'm going to roach mains while I'm trimming feet. Today is not the day I was smart enough to figure that out. So I feel about like a walking porcupine from all the mule hair stuck in my thermals. And while you run to bed, I am going to go grab a lint roller and probably blow through the whole thing. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. All right, Becky. See ya. Man, I love that sound. <laughs>